0: That's right, everybody. It is Gersh Kuntzman and Vince DiMasselli, the hosts of Brooklyn Paper Radio, recording live, of course, from the Brooklyn Paper Building. That's also known as One Metro Tech North in downtown Brooklyn. We call that America's downtown, and there's one reason we call it America's downtown, because it is the only downtown that I want to be in next to an attractive man to my right. Now, look, guys, we've got some special guests but I always talk about Vince DiMascelli as attractive. Doesn't mean I'm gay. Doesn't mean I'm not gay. I have no values in that area. Other than he's a good-looking man, and I want to say hi. Hollywood good looks, they say. It's Hollywood good looks. Vince DiMascelli to my right. Said that? Now, I Vince, don't I don't know if you can see. Look across the table. You are looking at two other handsome men and great and talented filmmakers. This is a rare treat for us at Brooklyn Paper. Couple of reasons. One, we don't have in-studio guests that often, and when we do, it's always something interesting. Uh, like a like a Michael Moore, for example, yep. a filmmaker you guys might know about, uh, like a uh, Carlos Santana, rock and roll Hall of Famer, mm. and others, including Andrew Dice Clay. We've we had, had some we big names. I, I know. Had we had Dice. Dice. Yeah, we've so got a we are joined show. today. Perhaps you've even seen the trailers in movie theaters all over town. You've seen the pictures in the subway for a movie called Bushwick. Now I was excited by the title. Then I saw it, and we'll talk more about it. But we are joined by the co-directors of this film, Carrie Murnian, who's on my right. Say hi, hi. Carrie. How you doing? Okay. well sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. Nice, right work. nice work. Nice work. Good. And John Millot, Milot, Millot, yep. The co director. Yep. H- how does he sound? How do I
1: sound? You sound good. All right. <laughs> there you
0: go. I'm thinking they should be radio directors, but they're actually film directors, and they have a new film out called Bushwick. Now, I got to tell you a, a, a bunch of stories about my life. We, we have a, a new film. So f- <laughs> we're here for two hours? Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. But. I did see the film, and I was very excited to have these guys on the show for a couple of reasons, Vince, because as you know, it basically is, and I'm not spoiling anything, it's about a white supremacist invasion of Bushwick, (laughs) which couldn't have happened at a
2: better time. Where did they come from, these white supremacists? Well,
0: we'll talk all about that, but the point is we've got Carrie and John here, timed to the historic and inhumane, inhuman, in... in incredibly ignominious, ignoble events of Charlottesville.
3: That's an impressive bunch of eggs. A lot of (laughs) eggs, that's what I do.
0: So before we even start and talk about a great film called Bushwick uh, and talk about white supremacists on film, I got a guy, former Brooklyn Paper reporter Andy Campbell, who was down in Charlottesville all weekend. He says, sure, call me up, and I'll tell the Brooklyn Paper readers all
2: about what I saw. He's a legendary (laughs) Brooklyn Paper reporter, Gersh, correct? I did indeed say that. Legendary. As, as all of our former reporters are. Well, in this particular case,
0: he's like, I'll tell you all about him. He's like the son I never had.
1: Oh.
3: And
0: I have a son. He, Andy Campbell is one of <laughs> these guys. He could fuck up so majorly. Like, he could be the worst reporter ever. Street names wrong. Ages wrong. Facts wrong. He'd come back and, say, and you'd say, Andy, you really messed that up. And he's like, yeah, I know. I'll do better. And you just love him anyway. Aww. And that's what a son is. Yes. Yeah. Y- y- he makes a mistake. You, you, Vince has got a son. I do. You love him. I do. No matter what he does. I think Campbell was more like a puppy dog, though. All right. Anyway, we're going to reach out to him right now. How Accidents do I do this throughout now? the we house? <laughs> leaving a everywhere. Just so you know, Wait to meet this guy. Yeah,
1: yeah, let, let's it. hope he picks up after that intro. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: Carrie and John, you can ask him questions too, because as you know, mm-hmm. these historic and inhumane and ignoble events of Charlottesville are all on our mind right now. Even as they tear down Confederate statues all over the place, so it's it's going to be a story for a long time. And even mm-hmm. as your movie hits the silver screen, mm-hmm. where literally Hassid's Hipsters and and Hispanics are fighting off white supremacists on the streets of
2: Bushwick. Yeah, that's yeah. We a yeah. lot to talk about, so let's call Andy Campbell. How do I do it? You do it. Uh, I'm gonna. Oh, here. First, let me spill the coffee. Yeah. All go. Right, you here call we go. him. You call him. I'm gonna call him first, all right? Campbell. Now, listen. Just don't keep. Don't this try this number. to steal this number.
0: And by the way, Carrie and John, if you want to ask Andy Campbell about his penis size, it's okay, and I'll tell you why. He once did a story for us in which he got his penis cast as a dildo which a uh, sex shop in Bushwick was, in Bushwick, in your native Bushwick, uh-huh. was offering. Huh. And we said, Andy, get your penis cast, and yeah. then we'll do a follow-up story about what it looks like. And we which never did Campbell? the follow-up. <laughs> There's Andy Campbell. Andy <laughs> <Hello>. Campbell, <laughs> legendary Car- reporter from the Brooklyn paper, and now with Huffington Post. How are you, sir?
4: Oh, I'm doing great, you guys. I'm glad to be on.
0: We were just telling uh, the, our guests, Carrie and John, of the film Bushwick, we were just telling them about the time you had your penis cast, for a dildo, and we asked you for the follow-up story so we could see the actual size and and, and penetrative effect of the dildo, and you refused to do the second story.
4: I believe it was our advertisers who refused to do that, but I appreciate you tweeting that out alongside coverage of Charlottesville. That was was beautiful.
0: You've done it all, Andy Campbell, and we have you on the line specifically because in this one case, dildo aside, you have done incredible work as a journalist, and I first want to give you what we call in the Twitter business a hat tip. Hat tip to Andy <laughs> Campbell.
4: Andy, tell Listen, us. Listen, I appreciate that. J.K. Rowling did not have the same respect and tweeted out one of the photos that I took from Charlottesville without credit. Uh, I, I thought that maybe oh. a world-renowned author uh, might know about uh, accrediting, but she didn't.
0: All right, nice, nice hmm. little plug there for the anti-J.K. Rowling forces. I call them the anti-J.K. forces. <laughs> anyway, more importantly. I never read one of those books. Yeah, no, you should. Now, Campbell, you were down in Charlottesville. Now, without bringing us through the whole rigmarole that we saw on TV, what did you see that we didn't see on TV?
4: What I saw is um, uh, uh, extremist groups clashing. Charlottesville locals had about five minutes to give their voice before people started attacking each other. Um, certainly, one of the things that we need to be hammering home uh, over and over, is that the the police response was egregiously bad. I've Mm. been to rallies like these across the country. Um, Portland, Oregon police did a really good job of dispersing these groups. Uh, Charlottesville police didn't respond fast enough. Mm. Um, The other other thing that was egregious to me was that all of these rallies are disguised as, you know, um, basically... Think of it this way: If you want to get journalists to come out to something, what do you do? You give a press release, but you also say there's free pizza, right? Without question. These all right, guys, come in and say it's not just about Donald Trump. It's not just about um, uh, these Confederate monuments, but the, uh, the the anti-fascists are going to come take over your city. So they give threats, and um, you know they say people are going to take down our monuments, and so they're able to get thousands of people out there there was no talk of statues in charlottesville this weekend it was all there everyone was there to battle everyone was armed it was a terrifying display of hate
0: well let's stop let's stop on that for one second so vinny has been obsessed with this topic
4: mm-hmm. who
0: threw the first punch
4: well uh, it's it's hard to say i mean so what what happened and, and again the police did a bad job of breaking these groups up and in portland oregon when one of these rallies happened they had riot police in between the two groups and anyone who made a move um they arrested them on the spot and so they weren't ever uh, ever able to clash right um what happened was alt-right or sorry um anti-fascists and other extremist left groups um stood in a line police allowed a uh allowed it to be that alt-right had to go through these groups to get into the park where their permit was held, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, these anti-fascists and other uh, extremist left groups were standing in a line, and all of a sudden these you know, thousands of alt-right guys come downtown, push through, and these clashes happen. Well, the police didn't intervene for two hours. They were sitting there on the sidelines watching uh, these two groups fight um pepper spray was thrown somebody threw a uh, bomb of uh raw sewage on me and other reporters is that a euphemism um, raw sewage my uh, a colleague of mine was threatened with a gun nobody no police ever intervened in a fight so it was uh it was everyone
2: all right so but, but like
4: i said by the time these, these groups were fighting uh, all of the, the peaceful uh, clergymen and, and local Charlottesville people had already left because it was violent. All right, so
0: so it's the easy to blame... allowed
4: to go for two hours.
0: All right, you're a New Yorker. It's easy to blame local police. Nobody's as professional as the NYPD. We know that. But let, we're here to blame Trump, obviously. So were there bad people on both sides?
4: Bad people on both sides. Um, I think that extremist uh, Nazi and white supremacist groups draw extremist people from the other side to fight obviously everyone was there to fight but the uh, from going to several of these types of rallies and seeing um, alt-right guys come out and say no we're not white nationalists yada yada um, you can see that now they are safe enough to this time around they were wearing ss t-shirts carrying nazi flags these guys were there to fight and they and the weather, uh, you know, the, the, the extreme left came to fight them. But the, the allowance of having, uh, uh, you know, Nazis come into your town and uh, allowing this to happen in America is certainly what started.
0: i gotta, I got to bring Carrie and John in. Now, mm-hmm. Carrie, just so you know, Andy, we're joined by Carrie and John, who are the co-directors of the movie Bushwick, which is coming out on August 25th, theaters near you. And it's about a white supremacist army that's a splinter group off of a white secessionist effort in the South to invade a, a part of Brooklyn and establish a beachhead. So I, they've they've got a movie out about this. I'm sure they got
3: a question. you got a question for Andy Campbell? Right. Carrie's, Carrie's going to start. Actually, I do have a question. Um, I saw a lot of news reports of the militias that were kind of brought in. They volunteered to come down and to supposedly... Um, you know, kind of keep the peace. I'm wondering, those are the guys that had the machine guns on their holes, you know, in camouflage. I'm wondering if you saw them and if, you know, what you kind of thought of having these yeah. highly, so, you know.
4: So having gone to rallies with these militia guys in uh, Portland and Gettysburg um, and now Charlottesville, <clears throat> I can say these guys always come down. And we were joking with the Gettysburg and Portland rallies these guys are essentially just cosplaying right there—former mm-hmm. military or just paintball dudes—that <laughs> come down with their AR-15s in open carry states, and they're able to s- stick with their buddies and 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 just talk about their guns. Well, in this case, it was clear they always come down and say they're going to defend people. Yeah. Right. They—they—they're they're, they, they're not on any side. They say they're just defending people where the cops may not be able to. Because they didn't respond, I didn't see any militiamen defending uh, when these clashes happened for the, for two hours, these people were fighting. I didn't see them take part in anything. It, it, it became apparent to me that these dudes are either just cosplaying or they're waiting for shots to be fired so they can stop, start popping off rounds. Yeah. I didn't see any indication that they were really there to defend anybody because Nobody was able to stop any fights. And now, that's not necessarily on them, because police, there were police there the entire time. There were regular cops, and there were riot police there the entire time, and they didn't stop any of the fights. But certainly the militiamen didn't defend anybody.
2: So you're saying there were police walking around doing nothing while fights were breaking out all around them?
4: Oh, my God. (laughs) Here's here's the thing. Uh, the, The arguments you will hear are that after they dispersed the park um, that there, uh, pe- thousands of people were taking the streets and fighting with each other and it's hard to contain that. Well that may be true but during during the actual rally when people were clashing for two hours there was there was only a block radius to take control of. There were maybe a hundred riot police fully armored alongside um, a a group of local police in uh, regular clothing um, surrounding the park, and they did nothing to the point where journalists and people on both factions were turning to them and saying, why aren't you stopping this? We have not heard an answer yet. It, it was one of the most egregious failures to intervene that I've ever seen.
1: Why why do you think that there was there's not more footage of that coming out? I feel like all we've seen is the same two or three clips over and over again. I don't know if that's just uh, the mainstream media or I'm not digging deep enough, but it seems like there should be more coverage of what you're talking about. Or, or John, that I, people I aren't think as good directors happen as you in guys. The coming days.
4: I think people I think reporters especially have been waiting for a a some sort of like okay we were underprepared or we were, um, you know, we were under-equipped. Um, I've heard I've heard some quotes around the Internet saying that police were, um, said that they were uh, less equipped than the people. That is absolutely not true. I was sitting there after I had just gotten bombed with a raw sewage balloon, asking police why they weren't helping when there was riot police right there. I mean, they were fully equipped. They had been briefed by the National Guard prior to this thing. People were ready, uh, and they just didn't intervene. I, I, I still, I still can't gather why, and that's some of what, uh, some of the reporting we're going to do over the next couple of weeks. And again, um, weeks. one of the articles that I want to write soon is when I was in Portland. They did a great job. I mean, they, they, they put riot police between the two groups, and then when they did. Um, Push people out of the park, and there were, of course, thousands of people in a procession down the street. Um, those riot police got in the middle of those groups, they cut those groups off, and uh, they dispersed them within 25 minutes. I'm not sure why they weren't able to do that in Charlottesville. They'd been briefed by federal authorities prior to this event.
2: What was the event in uh, Portland?
4: Uh, Portland was a, uh, a, a Trump event. Um, uh, but, again, uh, they said that anti-fascists were going to come, so they were able to bring out alt-right and white supremacist celebrities. So there were thousands of people on each side ready to fight each other. Um, and, and, again, like, each, each of these events is, is under the guise of we're either saving our heritage uh, from these Confederate statues coming down or, uh, you know, we're, we're there for Trump or, or for other means. But, but in Portland, they were freaking ready. They were ready.
2: And when you were there, did you did you shoot any video? <laughs>
4: uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, w- wait, sorry. Uh, which one?
2: Uh, not in Portland. In uh, in Charlottesville.
4: Yes, uh, I shot one of um uh, in one of the first videos of the the first clashes coming out. Um, people beating each other with sticks. I shot video of people with bleeding heads um, while police stood by and watched. I mean, there was. There was blood, there was people beating each other, and, and I took the video assuming, okay, this is the end. This is where, this is where police jump in and start arresting people. That never happened. In fact, when they did disperse the park, it was riot police pushing people out of the park, but no arrests being made, or at least very few. And, uh, the only arrests that were made were people who refused to leave the park. It wasn't right. people fighting. It wasn't people, uh, getting assaulted. All right, hold there, on a second, there Andy. There are dozens of victims.
0: Andy, Andy, look. Uh, th- this is have
4: no justice served right now. This is Brooklyn Heather Paper. Heather Heyer, I was, I was one of the first to speak to her mother. Heather Heyer is the only person, uh, the woman who was killed in the car crash afterward, who is getting justice because her attacker, alleged attacker, uh, has been arrested. There's so many people who are left without justice.
0: All right, but, but Andy, you know you're on Brooklyn Paper Radio, and there's two things we do on this yeah. show. One is we ask the tough questions. And two Uh is we always bring it back to me. Now, I don't know if you saw my column in the failing daily news yesterday in which I raised the question that American leadership over the last, I'd say, century has been ostensibly aligned with the destruction of fascism and Nazism. Am I right? I mean, that's been our national mission since, like, the 1920s. Right. So, my question for you is, why should I feel bad if I want to punch or beat up a Nazi at a rally like this? Should I feel bad? Uh Vinny says I should feel bad
4: here's what i'll say uh i wouldn't feel bad but i, I would also say that um for people who live in a city because you know these all right guys are planning to go to boston they're planning to go to lexington they're planning to go to texas they're planning to fight for uh confederate monuments and other things uh over the next month or so
3: and You're in New York city there too are next people weekend.
4: uh i'm sure you saw in durham they took down a a, a confederate monument there um uh, well, as long as they the don't take down that bull in right field. with the idea of this free speech issue of being able to fight for your monuments, but also realizing that a state of emergency was called in Charlottesville. So what do you do? Well, screw all that. The locals are now taking down the monuments themselves. It'll be interesting to see whether they actually put them back up. Because right. hell, yes. Take down the lightning rod. Take down the thing that Richard Spencer is able to make a Facebook post off of and say... They're going to take down our monument. Uh, let's go there and rally.
0: Yeah, you dodge uh, the question. You dodge well, the question, Campbell. Should we be beating up the Nazis the in the streets itself, of New York? And
4: uh, and and they're doing
0: like I'm not being provocative.
4: Fight for all right. Yeah, but gone. you're dodging
0: the question, and I'm going to put it. I'm going to put it to Carrie and John, who have a movie coming out in which characters are forced to ostensibly beat up Nazis in the street with Molotov cocktails, baseball bats, all guns. So. so now we're out of the fictional realm. Andy Campbell is in the real world. I'm in the real world. You guys are somewhere in the fictional world. Mm-hmm. Let's come back to the real world. Say if your movie, Bushwick, which opens on August 25th in mm-hmm. theaters near you, say that actually happened. We're going to fight back, right? We're going we're to beat up the Nazis. Well,
3: I think you fight back. I, the big thing that, that the movie hopefully comes across is a cautionary tale of what, what happens when things go out of control, um, and we're kind of seeing that in real life now. Um, I would never uh, be the first one to throw the first punch. You would not throw the first no, punch. I would not. John, um, would you
0: throw the first punch?
1: Well, if it was Kerry. <laughs> uh, no, definitely not. Andy Campbell, would you throw the first punch?
4: Man, if I... <laughs> <laughs> no one can answer the tough question. And it, <laughs> I am in a, a capacity in which I am trying to tell a story, but you know what? The, the, the silver lining of me getting doused getting, uh, with a shit bomb is that a, uh, a white supremacist came over to me and saw my Huffington Post badge and said, sarcastically, uh, I'm okay with you being here. Thank God you're here uh, to save the media and save America. And he put his hand out to shake his hand. I never would have done that, but my hand was covered in human feces. And so I gave him a nice, firm handshake. Uh, to uh, give him some of my biomes that day. But, uh, so you didn't throw the first had punch. I, had I not been a reporter? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I always say,
0: Carrie and John, just so you know, in the Brooklyn paper we had a saying, Gersh Kunzman is a journalist first and a human being second. <laughs> but when it comes to Nazis, and that's in and Sandy Campbell's creed too, when it comes to Nazis, i got to say I'm not sure. You come mm-hmm. to Brooklyn, Bushwick especially, mm-hmm. You come to and you start spouting that stuff, I don't know. I don't know. You're inciting here's, here's me. What I'll say. Here comes Andy. If,
4: if if these guys come to New York, I am not worried whatsoever. They're going to Boston this weekend, possibly. Uh, Boston is a uh, uh, sometimes deemed a very racist city. Uh, New York. If they come here, they will be swarmed and kicked out of town uh, before they even get a say in. So. I'm not worried about New York in this context. All right,
0: we got to let him go. We got to let Andy Campbell go because a he's a paid reporter for the Huffington Post. That's pretty big. And I right. know, I know your bosses over there, the Jim Riches of the world, and the and the Lidias, They they don't want you on the radio with us. They don't even probably don't even know you're on the radio with us.
4: Oh, well, they've constantly been talking about how don't go on Brooklyn Paper Radio.
0: Well, I'm glad you had the guts to come on. <laughs> That's Andy Campbell, everybody. The last question we always ask. Now, I have to ask him
2: one question. I was doing yeah. my, my sign-off. I know, but i got to ask him one question. I know you want to do the sign-off. You never let me get a word in edgewise. Where did they? Where did the feces come from? Was there some kind of spigot somewhere?
4: It. I was between the anti-fascist and uh, extremist left groups and the Nazis behind me. And it definitely came from uh, the counter-protesters. Uh, I can't tell if they were aiming for me or aiming for the Nazis behind me. No, they, were, they were aiming way, for you, Andy.
3: A chemical attack of the worst kind. They don't have the best arms. <laughs> no, no, uh, Andy, it's
0: okay. <laughs> the way I was going to end it, if Vince didn't cut me off, is, you know, you did some great reporting down there, you've done great reporting in Portland, but it has to be said, you learned from the best.
4: I learned from the best. Listen, Brooklyn Paper gave me my chops, you guys told me what people care about and what people don't care about. In this instance, uh, it's 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 very obvious on its face, but you guys gave me the subtleties, the nuances. So I'm 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 proud of that.
0: Well, I, he, he said that unprovoked. Did you guys yeah. notice well, that? Of all
4: right. out of nowhere. We gotta let nowhere.
0: him go. <laughs> Andy Campbell, great reporter for the Huffington Post, formerly of the Brooklyn Paper, learned from Gersh and Vince at his knee. Thank you for joining us.
4: Thank you so much, you guys. All
0: right, all right, take care. So after, now that we've spoken to Campbell, we're going to devote our full and rest of this show to a great film that you're going to see on the silver screen on August 25th called Bushwick.
1: Hmm.
0: But first, got to pay a couple of bills. That's what we do. We have to pay some bills. Go for it. And I start, always in, by saying to Carrie, you're a good-looking guy, John. Great-looking guy. So don't be (laughs) offended. Wait, wait, there's a pause there. (laughs) The point is, but when was the last time you saw a dentist who was truly affordable?
3: uh i would say
0: not very recently yeah if yeah. you have to think john no. you ever see a dentist who's truly affordable no,
1: I, I go see. every day
0: okay well, here's the point if your answer is you like burning a hole in your pocket <laughs> if your answer is i haven't seen a dentist who's truly affordable it's because you haven't seen dr joseph lichter let me just uh. talk to you about lichter he's got state-of-the-art dentistry he's got hygienists. he's got a great office everybody has that but what he also has is incredibly low prices you know those Invisalign? It's the braces that go inside your teeth. Yeah, yeah. You, I would, I would love those. Yeah, you'd I probably could. pay like five thousand dollars for them if in your I fancy could. Clinton Hill dentist. Yes. No.
1: Yeah.
0: By the way, he's from Clinton Hill. <laughs> it, at Lichter, it's thirty-nine ninety-five. Okay. Implants, dental implants. You want to get like a new tooth put in there? Some dentists they say to you, "Well, uh, nice, nice jaw. That'll be two thousand dollars." Lichter, it's twelve ninety-five, twelve hundred and ninety-five dollars for an implant or something like that. It's, it's low. And what about that that porcelain veneer? Yeah, I was right about the implant. What about good, the good veneers? Doctor. What about the veneers?
3: I would love a veneer.
0: Yeah. You know, you know what you're going to pay at a fancy Clinton Hill dentist? <laughs> $1,000 a tooth. Lichter at $750. Ooh, so wow. the point is, you don't need to think about this. Just call him. 718-339-7878. That's 718-339-7878. He's in Midwood. You just call him. He'll make an appointment.
2: As I said, he's got an office. Go. Do it. You know, we're all getting older.
0: No, no, old. no. They are.
3: They are getting we older. Are.
2: Everyone's getting older. That's and what's the what's your worst fear when you get really old? What are the kids going to do with you?
3: They're going to forget about me. Yeah, they're going to forget about you,
2: yeah. and they're going to put you in a home. I do not But you it. don't want that to happen. So you know what you do? What do you do? You call our friends at Village Care Max, because Village Care Max is a Medicaid-managed long-term plan... That helps you continue to stay in your home and in your community for as long as possible. You don't want to you don't wanna end up in some place where you don't know where the with a closet is. Well you can't make films in a nursing home. Oh,
3: that'd be horrible. Yeah. yeah. You
2: yeah. want to be able to stay home where you know where the closet is, you know how to make films, you could do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And that's what Village Care Max does. And as a member, your care manager will visit your home to guide you and your family toward the best healthcare options available. And working together, your healthcare team will help you obtain the care that you need so you can live the life that you want to live and make the films you want to make and do all the things
1: you I want to do. That. All right. I think that's a sequel idea. There. Give him the phone number one more <laughs> there you time. Go.
2: Village Caramax. You give him a call right now. 1-800-469-6292. That's 1-800-469-6292. And you can visit them online at villagecaramax.org. Village Caremax. live the life you want to live. All right. So as I said, we, if you're just joining us,
0: we talked to Andy Campbell, a great reporter who covered the events of Charlottesville this weekend. Now we're joined by two great filmmakers, Carrie Murnion and John Millat, who are the co-directors of Bushwick. Now, you sit there and you argue and you fail to support a man like Gersh Kunzman, but you've heard of the movie Bushwick. I'm talking to the listeners right now. You've heard of it. It opens on August 25th. You're intrigued. Bushwick, go, Carrie.
3: Tell mm-hmm. me the basic plot, and then we're going to talk about the implications. Sure. Um, the basic plot mm-hmm. is that we are following our... A girl named Lucy, as she comes home from college, she comes up from the subway uh, in her uh, home neighborhood of Bushwick, and she finds herself in the middle of an invasion. She doesn't know who it is, she doesn't know who's doing it, how how serious they are, and as we learn, it is um, it comes from Chuck uh, Norris. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, no, it comes from uh, Texas, who has who wants to secede from the United States, and so they've. Uh, in terms of their strategy, they've invaded a neighborhood in Brooklyn as a way to invade and to force the secession to happen. Right. In other words, get the
0: president to sign off yes. on it.
3: And this all come. This all came from. It was back in I think 2006 when Rick Perry, the former governor of Texas, uh, made a kind of an offhand joke about how Texas should secede from the United States. Ha ha ha! Real funny. But no, no, they should. Wasn't. They should. Yeah. <laughs> And that and that kind of that took uh, when that, when that happened it was a whole life of its own kind of happened where uh, around Texas uh, sheriffs started making petitions to do it, and it kind of became a thing so we heard that that statement back then we thought, what what would happen if that really transpired and so this is where that story came from, and
1: just to be clear, the whole uh, Texas uh, secession is not just invading Brooklyn, yeah. they're invading, you know, the big cities, and Brooklyn would be just a like a strategic point yeah. to, um, you know, to, j- at the beginning of that invasion. Yeah, right. Right, yeah. NBC, there are many Chicago. other. Yeah,
3: yeah. it's sh- it's not just oh we hate because uh, people yeah America. people
1: read the synopsis and they're like why are you invading Brooklyn to, to secede from the nation? Well, that doesn't it, make any it sense. It made
0: it made sense in the plot because yeah. as, I'm not going to spoil it, but it made sense in the plot. Now, Vinny and I watched the movie and I found it to be very edgy because there's attacks going on all over the place. People are. Counter-attacking, and there's, and then there's groups that are fighting each other because there's like mini turf battles within it. So, but to me, and you don't know who to trust. You don't know how to trust. But my favorite moment, I still say in the movie, my favorite moment is when that Hasidic guy, he throws that Molotov cocktail at those freaking Nazis, and it's like a great the sight the sight of that, and then the Hasids get in, and the the sorry, the Hispanics get in, and the hipsters get in.
3: To me. Nazis bring us all together. That's the <laughs> message of your film, am I right? It, what, I mean, Bushwick, the, uh, why we picked Bushwick was because it is a really good melting pot. There's a lot of different ethnicities, cultures, even, you know, kind of uh, social politics going on there. So we thought it was a great kind of uh, basically neighborhood for everyone to come together after they've had their own little battles and say, look, we need to stop fighting each other and we need to kind of get back against these guys invading our turf, mm-hmm. Vince is Vince.
2: Vince is
0: just. He always says I cut him off, and then I didn't say anything. No, you,
2: give, you gave me a moment there. Yeah, I gave you a <laughs> I moment. Go, I can go in.
1: <laughs> but the the real thing, I think we're, we're you know just talking to the reporter now. You know, in the this happening for real is that how crazy is there shit balloons being thrown at people? You know, we, we're making a fictional movie of you know where where this was so far from happening. What's really happening now? That, you know, you can't even think of so something.
3: Point as of order, as I reality. don't think it was the
2: first time Andy Campbell was able to ship balloon. I, just, yeah, yeah. I like mean, we worked around. with I him. Mean, yeah, we the, worked with the him.
3: The crazy thing about Charlottesville is more the car being used at, is like to kill people. And that's, like, insane that that, that he would even think of that. Stuff. Well,
0: that type that type of violence. The, the story mm-hmm. I actually hope Andy does get is because that guy who'd used the car was photographed all day long, yeah. m- marching fairly peacefully, apparently. Something must have happened
1: mm-hmm.
0: that triggered him, made him, go, you know, it's crazy enough to drive a car, but... It's, you don't yeah. just go to an event saying, I am going to kill people with my car. Something mm-hmm. happened. And, and that'll come out at some point, I'm, I'm sure.
2: I wouldn't you, be surprised if he went there but saying, then why, I'm going to kill then with my pho- car.
0: But then why would it be photographed all day just peacefully marching? There's a story there. There's, some, there's, there's some, some story there's there. Some story of story of there. there. Yeah. We'll right. find out.
2: Well, the interesting thing to me was also the cinematography and yeah. how you guys shot Now, it, it seemed like it was one take, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, uh, like 40 minutes into the movie before there's even like a
3: fade. Yeah.
2: Right? Now, I'm sure you obviously did that on purpose. But movie magic. How do you pull that off?
3: Yeah, that was. We wanted to feel like you were immersed in the experience, that you really were, number one, in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You weren't you know, shooting in some like Detroit and making it look like New York. Uh, we wanted to make you feel like you're in, in Bushwick and feeling the experience of Lucy as she went along and how hard it was to get two blocks to her grandmother's house mm-hmm. and to really feel that way. And we also wanted to not um, glorify violence. So that you weren't cutting like an action film, you weren't kind of doing close-ups on the fist and the gun. Like we wanted to kind of let things play out, so that you could see how both scary and. Um, kind of haphazard violence can be. It's more journalistic. It's almost like yeah, yeah.
0: It's not. It's not done like an action movie. That's yeah. made it more tense. Actually, hopefully, yeah. That's the idea.
2: Now, did you do that because of budgetary constraints, like uh, like in Jaws, or that was no, that, that was, was that was the whole the that outside. was a plan.
3: That was the plan for the whole thing. You, you
0: guys don't realize that Vince mentions Jaws every time we do a show, <laughs> even if we're not talking about movies.
3: <laughs> we're gonna need a bigger boat. Yeah, that's right. I think the, the only budgetary problems he had was just in terms of the um, kind of building out the world. We, you know we were, we didn't want to do we didn't want to have a full-on invasion where you see tanks coming in and planes we wanted to kind of follow Lucy and that gave us our kind of way of getting into the story
0: but but there is I mean first of all you did film in Bushwick yeah in how Bushwick long a shoot was it because it's a it's an
3: intense you yeah It's a lot of different blocks where were you in Bushwick we were on off the l stop on Jefferson mm-hmm. um, was with and we actually we we dip into Ridgewood a little bit it's on the right on the border of Oh, the I noticed. Edge I noticed. Yeah, uh, I'm a Sin Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but we
1: didn't want to call the movie Bushwick and a little bit of Edgewood.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no one would go
1: see Ridgewood. Ridgewood's garbage. Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, but yeah, there was. Uh, that was. That was kind of. It was a 15 day shoot um, with about three extra days of pickups afterwards, and it was uh, intense. We, John and I, you know, obviously lived in the neighborhood. We did. A lot, we, did we spent months planning out every shot. Um, so we spent a lot of time kind of prepping. We also had a week and a half of rehearsal with the actors. So we went with the actors and some of the crew to every location beforehand to kind of worked out some of the scenes because it's very... But just to fun. give you a sense
1: of, you know, like a movie like Saving Private Ryan, they spent probably over 30, 40 days just doing that first battle sequence, Yeah. The, whereas the we beach. did an entire movie in 18 days. So we we definitely uh, shot this much quicker than and, usual. And and I would say uh, the two movies, like, they're exactly, oh,
0: the, same. exactly <laughs> the same. Oh, almost exactly But no, but we should point out that it stars Dave Bautista, who's yeah. very well known to the Guardians of the Galaxy fans. Yeah. That's a pretty big name oh, and Britney awesome. Snow is yeah. also a p- pretty p- big Pitch name perfect, yeah. how'd
3: you land those big names uh we we pitched them the idea we, we sent them the script they and they the fell idea. in love with the script they loved the <laughs> script yeah they did and they liked us and they there loved our they loved our, our former film uh, cooties and they we actually had to talk with both of them about the idea because our first movie cooties is a kind of different tone it's like horror comedy and Bushwick is very different than that and we wanted to kind of make sure we we're Going in more of a serious direction rather than this kind of horror, we were not we weren't making fun of this. This wasn't like a uh, like let's see how funny this can be to be in, invade Bushwick. This is more of a serious thing for us. Yeah,
0: now we, Vince and I have long been talking about the ultimate gentrification, mm-hmm. m- you know, military takeover kind of movie. We 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 wanted a, a comedy uh-huh. about these these white hipsters who move into Bushwick and, are, are, you know, and, and raucous hijinks ensue. But you, know, <laughs> you went in a different direction, and that's fine. You've got creative, <laughs> creative differences there. Yeah. But Vince, it's still on the table for us. We, could,
2: we need to work on how that. How
0: much money do we need to
1: raise? We need to raise like $30 million. At least. At oh, least. Jesus Christ. Least, yeah. No, I can't do that. Just film oh. it on the iPhone, and it'll be even hipper. <laughs>
0: where, do, where do these venture capitalists... I'm not asking you your budget or your movie. It's probably around you know, $25 million, something like that. No I mean, way. You, more? No. Less. How much? How much was the budget? It's at uh, three point two million. That's only three point two million. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but where does that even money, where does that money come from? I mean, yeah. Vince and I, we can't even raise like twenty bucks for lunch. Nothing.
3: We really can't. Nothing. No, it comes from people that the our producers kind of get in touch with. They pitch the idea to produce to the financiers. They like the idea. They give you money.
0: But you just said two n- nouns that I don't know: producers and financiers. Yeah. Where, where do we find these people? Because we got ideas. Hey, There got plenty of ideas.
3: We don't. Have, we got no financiers. You'll, you'll go through <laughs> us, and then we'll get a percentage of that.
2: I'll give you a percentage. Okay, good. Because we'll set you Murder up. Murder at the Food Co-op, the movie. <laughs> no, but in all
3: seriousness, I had a play, yeah. I know you know
0: about it, the Fringe Festival last year, Murder at the Food Co-op. Mm-hmm. Very popular show. We sold out seven run, seven mm-hmm. shows, seven performances, but we were thinking, well, how do we take it to the next mm-hmm. level? How do we get an off-Broadway producer to interest some financier mm-hmm. to give me not $3.2 million, but... 3.2 thousand mm-hmm. something, <laughs> right? I right? th- can't yeah. even count that low. Yeah. How do you get someone to give you a little bit of money because that person believes in your vision?
3: It's a good idea. You have to have a good idea. Or it's
1: also mm-hmm. the um, chicken and egg. you got to have already made a film.
2: That was probably. my next question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, how, well, much you, know, how much did yeah. your last
1: movie? This is your second movie?
3: Second, so second your last feature. movie
1: was a lot less expensive, I'm guessing. No,
3: it was actually the
2: same. The same. The same. Yeah. But,
1: you had, but the way we got that movie was by doing a short film, which didn't cost a lot of money, called yeah. Boob. Yeah, boob, boob. Mm. So yeah, you got to make oh, a yeah. movie about a body part. You know that, that'll make money, though. Yeah. but make, we're not trying to
0: We're not competitors. We're not trying to make movies, but we are trying to not lose money on every freaking off Broadway show I do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is there a way to do that? <laughs> well, I don't know off Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. But you <laughs> should have just said yes and made me feel. <laughs> of course there is. Anyway, if you're just joining us right now, we are talking to the directors, co-directors <laughs> of Bushwick, which is a big screen movie. We're going to see it August 25th August in theaters near you, mm-hmm. starring Dave Bautista, Brittany Snow, and then the, that guy who gets killed right away. Like, there's a guy who gets killed so quickly, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I kind of like that actor, Dead. Yeah. What was his name again? Arturo. Arturo, right. Yeah. He gets killed. From Broad City. Th-
1: From Broad City. Yeah.
0: I mean, they're literally walking up the <laughs> stairs of the subway. He gets blown away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and spoiler alert. You know <laughs> 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 well, no, because that's not a <laughs> that's spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> Listen, it's about. tough to
2: talk about this movie because in order to talk about the movie, you want to bring up all these scenes, yeah. but you know if you bring them up, you're giving away no, the whole that, movie. That's literally in the first minute no, of the yeah, movie. Well, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I know, but that was a very shocking scene. It was a very shocking scene. It really Exactly. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. No, I don't think it, gra- I think it grabs your attention. It grabs your attention. You look at these guys, and you think, like, "That's that's her, that's his uh, that's her girl. That's, that's her that's boyfriend. Her, that's her boyfriend." Wow, well, he'll, he'll do be, better. He'll She'll be dead better. I <laughs> think she could do better. And then he's gone, and you're like, "Oh well, here we go." Well, I actually thought teaser.
0: they had the conversation on the subway platform. I'm thinking these people aren't right for each other. I'll bet he comes back at the end of the movie uh-huh. that he wasn't killed, that somehow it was someone else, and he turns out he's the white supremacist behind them. That's what I was thinking, because he was uh-huh. such a, I thought he was kind of a jerk. And the good he got killed, <laughs> and then that was the end of it. So You were, like, psyched. He's like, yes! So dead, dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Twilight Zone twist. <laughs> no, but it really did establish the movie, because it was so edgy, like, mm. like, ooh, what just happened? That was like,
3: where am I right now? I'm in the yeah. middle of a war zone, 25 seconds into a movie. And it uh, basically... I mean, that came a lot from our experience with 9 where, you know, we were both in New York to 9/11, and I think you, we were all going about our daily lives. Even when the crash first happened, you, I was I. We lived on Houston Street, and a, and my office was down on Central Street, work th- towards Canal. So I saw out of my window the first crash happen, and everyone thought, oh, it was like a mistake, someone hit in there by accident. So I walked towards it. I went down to my office, and then s- shit started happening. And I think that's what we want to kind of, in, kind of at least hint at with this, is that people are going about their daily lives and they don't quite know what's going on and then they... What do you do? What do you do when something like this happens and how do you... How do people react to that? Do they step up and become heroes? Do they... Become villains and ha- like, what is that? What that kind of happen? So,
2: first thing you do in an emergency, Gersh, what is it? What do I always tell you? Don't <laughs> panic. Take a shower.
3: <laughs> that <laughs> That's true because you d- don't
2: know. You might run out of water. You no, want to be it, clean. Yeah. It was and you could get hit he he by a shit balloon. Yeah, <laughs> he, <laughs> he did that on nine eleven, and
0: he was he was thankful because the water did eventually shut off in his in his building. I, w- I was right about that. He
2: was right. Yeah.
0: That was not the first thing. I also <laughs> walked towards the buildings, but that was a journalist like Andy yeah, Campbell. I was kind of hoping I would get hit with a shit balloon, but nobody ever has the didn't guts. That happen. All no. right, anyway, if you're just joining us, we're joined by Carrie Murnian and John Millat, who are the directors of Bushwick. We're going to see it in theaters near you. Now, again, we have to emphasize this is not about Charlottesville. No. Nope. It's not about Donald Trump. I don't think the president's mentioned. Nope. And no president's mentioned. None. There's a little bit of federal government, now, but not that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we
1: can all uh, complain about the federal government. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no problem. problem. Bipartisan no. complaints.
0: Oh. Yeah, come on. I mean, this is Brooklyn Paper <laughs> Radio. We All we're doing... I mean, usually we're complaining about the borough president, <laughs> but it's still, okay. And it's not about current events of any kind. It's fictional. But it's gripping. And I want to get you guys talking a little bit about the the, the real world. Mm-hmm. The, the Forget about Charlottesville, but the world we're in in which a president of the United States could ostensibly countenance Nazism. hmm and you guys have Nazis, w- white supremacists, taking over states, mm-hmm. seceding from the Union. Now, we don't know if, could it happen here? But are you worried about... You know, you look at the world out there. Come on, it's not all fictional. It's not all movies. It's not all my play, uh, my award-winning play. Mm-hmm. It's the real world.
3: Whoa. It's a real world. I mean, we, when we thought this idea six years ago, we thought it was semi-non-fictional. Like yeah. You know, it was based on real. But we thought, hey, this is a, this is a big... This is something that could turn into something bigger and we back then thought it was a little bit farther away and now obviously it's it's a lot closer and I think um, living in New York I think we're a little bit I mean hopefully in a good way we are we feel like we, we're we safe I, I feel safer almost in New York City than I would in other, in other um, cities but there is this feeling like this could come at any time and I think um, seeing how it's, it's getting, you know, what's going to happen next week when Antifa and the and the far-right clash in New York City when they come next week.
0: Well, Andy Campbell says that the Nazis are in for a beating.
3: See, I, I hope it's the opposite. I hope, mm-hmm. I hope that um, people here in New York City feel like, yes, it's not right, but they don't, Go down that road road of violence because I think it could turn into something horrible. But Carrie, yeah. I got to I got to tell you something. It's gonna
0: get violent. In other words, mm-hmm. Nazis. Th- it's not like a peaceful conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, you listen to these guys. They were literally marching during the so-called good rally on Friday night. They were literally marching. Jew won't replace us. Blood and soil. And Andy's right. They were looking for a fight. And uh, my President FDR once said. The Nazis and the fascists asked for this, and we're going to give it to them. Mm-hmm. Winston Churchill said, "We'll fight them on the beaches. We'll fight them, blah 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 blah." What changed? Nothing changed. We'll fight them on the beaches.
3: but a war I'm not ha- asking you to no, advocate no, I know. this, I know. but that's I, where I, I am. No, that's and that's. I think that's a very. And that's where they were in your movie. And a war
2: had been declared, Gersh. We were at war. I don't and think we're, that we're, war ever ended.
0: We're Our not
1: war against no, no Nazi totalitarianism is not over. But part of the problem right now, and. Uh, and I think it's a, a big part of why people are angry at the president is that if the government, the president was saying, you know what, we can't condone hate, we can't condone violence, then maybe it would kind of start veering in the right direction of peaceful protesting. Right. But it's just it keeps getting you know stoked. It's like, it, you know, coming straight from the president. Oh, you know, everybody's it, bad. Everybody so yeah. who cares? Who's yeah. right? Yeah. 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 It's pretty. But yeah. what would happen if the Nazis
2: and uh, neo-Nazis, whatever, come to New York and they want to put on a protest, and, and they're mm-hmm. they're asking for a fight? According to Campbell, you know, he's down there. He says they were they were asking for a fight. They were doing everything mm-hmm. they could to, to start to uh, to get people to throw punches yeah. at them. What happens if they come here
3: and they're just ignored? That that would be. I think that would that would sap their power. I think they want like if you give them what they want. I think. Yeah, they're they're psyched. I mean, they're they're happy about what happened in Charlotte. They are they are, and especially what happened with with Trump. But they are psyched about what happened. If if we if they just came here, and we you know we stood up and yelled and but and t- but did not go down the violent road with them, I think they would leave and be more disappointed than if anything bad did happen. And, so. and th- I think with
1: us in uh, making an action movie with this kind of premise. Um, I, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to say what happens at the end, but the way we ended this movie kind of we hope shows that violence only leads to violent ends mm-hmm. and it's not going to be good for anybody in the end if we keeps going down a violent road. So it, it, we're making an action movie, it should be fun to watch and and should be a ride, but you know, we don't end it in a typical action movie ending way and that it, we did for a reason. Right, yeah. But, you know, you guys are sitting there, <laughs> and you're appealing to the <laughs> better <laughs> angels of my
0: whatever. <laughs> uh-huh. But I'm I'm not feeling the better angels. Uh-huh. I'm not Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. I'm Gersh Kuntzman, Nazi hater. I mean, you know, Vince is sitting there saying, look, who threw the first punch? What if the
2: Nazis threw the first punch. <laughs>
0: you say the Nazis threw the first <laughs> They're punch fucking just,
2: by, Nazis. <laughs> just by showing up. That's your point.
0: No, I'm also a a card-carrying member of the ACLU. Jimmy, put up my picture with my ACLU card, please. I know it's a radio show. We always Mm -hmm. put up pictures in the middle of the show. Uh I'm a card-carrying member of the ACLU, and I still support the ACLU's attempts and successful attempts to get those Nazis a permit to march. Mm -hmm. So I'm a duplicitous hypocrite when I throw that first punch at the Nazi, which I will do when they come to Brooklyn. Promise. The
3: (laughs) the, the thing, though, that that... that kind of I think goes down that route is that right after, the hap- right after the car crash the next day I think it was some guy one of the organizers got up and he tried to talk and some guy came up and punched him mm-hmm. like on his side and that was used as like a huge rallying cry for the other side to say oh look you know it's the other side too yeah, they're yeah. coming at us and I think if, you, if like you don't do that they'll come out of here with nothing. Right. No, I'm, so I that's, that's w- where our, like, I
0: feel yeah, that yeah. the media is a safe space. If you're being interviewed by the media, I can't punch a Nazi because mm-hmm. the media is going to ask you the tough questions because I don't know. Vince talking to a Nazi. You ever see this guy talking to a Nazi? Never. No, he yeah, asked no. the tough questions. It's tough, yeah. I mean, the Just whole penis the whole, tie, size, the whole yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. All right. We got to get out, and I'll tell you why. Carrie and John, who are the co-directors of the film Bushwick, they let us in on a little secret. They have got a conference call. <laughs> at 5.30 with, and all they said it was with Hollywood.
3: Yeah. But you
0: hear great. that, it's like, so why don't you, who's it with? You <laughs> could say, it's, it's with it's with Clooney, right?
3: Oh, uh, George and his new wife. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. So George and Amal Clooney. No, but,
0: he's always there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you call George Clooney. Yeah. Vin and I, <laughs> <laughs> we call George Clooney to get him on the show and Pitt answers the phone. We're like, <laughs> <laughs> who are you? We don't want you. <laughs> That's what it is. They're in Lake Como. No. You're on the phone with Hollywood. Yeah. You're pitching your next movie. Uh-huh. Go from your office. No, give us. G- can you give us a synopsis? At least tell us what it's about. The, it's it's,
3: it's,
2: the elevator pitch, you like?
0: Yeah, you like. elevator pitch.
3: Uh, well, uh, one. Uh, did not today, but the movie that the next movie we're big, the big next big movie we were pitching is a monster movie. Oh, okay. Um, about it's called the about neon N I A N, which is a Chinese monster. It's a mythic. I would monster. have said
1: neon, but okay.
0: Ah, mm, oh yeah. Good.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, we still say it wrong too. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it's a
0: neon,
3: and he's a monster. <laughs> yeah, and it's based on the, <laughs> yeah, the mythic Chinese monster. That's in the. That's the New Year's monster. It's in the in the parades. That drag uh, it's yeah. called, it's dragon. It's called, yeah. It's called yeah. the yeah. neon. So we're oh. making a modern day film about the about this monster. So we're we're working with our producers our producers who work with us this week and you'll get some financiers. Yeah. Yes. Financiers but we, we we know, we are, are from have China. Some possible some Chinese Chinese financiers, financiers of oh, all the, the money. They to <laughs> get, get green
2: cards?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the <laughs> EB the EB5. No, we you'll be so China. tired of winning with the Chinese, believe me. So so but is it animated or is it <laughs> no, going to be live? It's,
3: it's all live. Live
0: action. action. Yeah. I like this the dragon live action. Dragons are big now, you know, is that HBO Dragon money? Oh god, yeah. Let's get some of that dragon money in here. All right, so they got to go, but we always like to offer our guests we in addition to giving them fine bottled water from our our sponsors at Poland Springs. Um, Nestle Nestle We <laughs> always offer our guests a chance look we've talked about a lot of stuff we've talked about the president we've talked about Gersh's offensiveness towards Nazis and, and, and how he wants to beat them up we've talked about Vince's attractiveness what do you guys you have something you want to just tell us something you want to pitch something you want the listeners of Brooklyn Paper to know about you and, and your your projects whatever
3: I mean Go. there's one noth- nothing about us particularly but there's a, a concert that we like to, to tell people about sure. um, that's happening uh, next uh, the 23rd of August okay By Aesop Rock, who did the amazing soundtrack for Bushwick, it's at the Music Hall in Williamsburg. Oh, excellent! And it's a special concert just for Bushwick. Um, He's going to have it's a full. He has uh, you know openers, Grimace Foundation. He has Rob Sonic, and he's going to be the headliner for this really great concert. He's one of our favorite artists. He did everyone should listen to the soundtrack, which is on iTunes and Spotify and everything. But he's having a concert next.
0: I mean Wednesday, Wednesday on, the twi- on the 23rd Wednesday August 23rd at yeah. the Music Hall of Williamsburg because the, the music in the movie is very uh, it's it's what do you call it Like when a soundtrack fits appropriate not appropriate It's, it's badass <laughs> no but it really it, it heightens the tension at the right moments that's what yeah. a good score does and this
3: is his, this is Aesop's first score mm. he always wanted to do, uh, work in films and we were big fans of his we brought him in and he just nailed it wow yeah so that's
0: hard work, you know. In other words, he's watching the movie and he's kind of planning what he he's wants to do. He's got to, to hear it him. in his head, Kurt. Yeah.
3: He's watching a finished, edited version. He's not even finished. No. It's like pieces. He gets pieces of the film. So mm. it's even harder than you think.
1: And that's probably the coolest part of making movies when the musician you've loved for years starts sending you clips of yeah. ideas. Yeah. Dylan and, did that with me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe a little more bass. <laughs> more,
0: yeah, like you're telling your favorite musician <laughs> yeah, what to yeah, do. Like, <laughs> yeah, Bob, can you, can you rhyme Gersh
1: with Mersh, you know,
0: whatever. All right, as you know, we've been talking to Carrie Murnion and John Millat, the co-directors of Bushwick, a big budget, $3.2 million, not so big, big budget Hollywood movie coming to theaters near you, especially in Brooklyn, August 25th.
3: And yes. VOD.
2: And, and, of course, direct on delivery. Yes. Do, is that what VOD is? VOD. Oh, VOD, oh, video, video On, on demand. demand. Yes. Yes. I saw I saw the movie at home and the whole time during the movie to just so we didn't pirate it, yeah. it said Gersh Kuntzman across yes. the middle. Yeah, they gave time. me the Gersh right. version. So, <laughs> so people know. are getting killed in Bushwick
0: and it says Gersh Kunzman. <laughs> you d- you, <laughs> your, fa- your fault. <laughs> me center. Me fa- <laughs> dead center. Dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hosted throws a Molotov cocktail. Gersh Kunzman. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, Carrie and John, thank you for joining us. Thank Go you. make your call you. to Hollywood. Thank you very much. Thanks and you guys can just walk out. We'll see you on the way out because they'll be talking to Hollywood in the office. Thank you. But we got to pay some bills anyway. Yeah, we do. So we're going to, and we're not even going to be able to ask you, but if you were still here not talking to Hollywood or George Clooney, I would say, Guys, when was the last time you saw a dentist who was affordable? You haven't. Never. There you go. He, he's, as he's going out talk to George Clooney, never. Well, the reason it's never is because they don't have the guts to go to see Dr. Joseph Lichter. He's down there in Midwood with a state-of-the-art office, all the fancy machines and the beautiful hygienists. But the most important thing is the prices. You're talking about low prices, Vince. Low, low prices. You want those uh, braces that go behind the teeth? Invisalign. Gosh. Yeah, usually it's like $5,000. Lichter's got it for $39.95. Veneers, $750 a tooth. Implants, $1250 a tooth. This is nothing compared to other dentists. So call Dr. Joseph Lichter, 718 339 7878. You'll set up an appointment at his office, 1420 Avenue P between 14th and 15th in Midwood. Or you can visit him online at josephlichterdds.com.
2: You know, I got to you something in Cape Cod this weekend. I heard something about that. Yeah, now where was I staying in Cape Cod? How's the pool? Where was I staying? You were staying on Cape Cod. At whose house? Do you remember? At Joseph Lichter's I at my father-in-law's <laughs> house in Cape Cod. And let me tell you something. I love this house. I love it. How I'm, much do you love I it? I love it more than my father-in-law. So there's no way you'd ever want to not be able to access that house. No, what I'm saying is if my father-in-law wants to make sure he can retire in that house, which is what he wants to do. He needs to make the call to Village Care Max because he doesn't want me to put him in a home and take that house. Well, yeah, there's two things going on there. He (laughs) wants to stay in that house. He doesn't want you to have it. That's right. So with Village Care Max, it's a Medicaid-managed long-term plan. It'll help my father-in-law continue to stay in his Cape Cod home, in his community, for as long as he likes because the team of healthcare professionals will work with him and his doctor. He's going to help him obtain the best healthcare options available to him. And get more to get more information about Village CareMax. You want to do it now. Right? You don't want to wait. Do it now because you're not getting any younger. Time keeps on ticking ticking into the future. You can tick call them tock right now. Do, 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 do. tick one 1-800-469-6292. You can visit them online at villagecaremax.org. Do it now. Because you want to live the life that you want to live Tick tock Do 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 Time Tick-tock. keeps on ticking All right Now I thought that was a Pretty good show But we didn't get it, We didn't get to ask The really tough questions The NPR questions Which gosh. was what? The NPR questions Like who, who What movies did you watch Growing up And who were your influences? Oh, I would have
0: If we were going to go NPR Like Terry Gross Yeah like, oh, I um, I really enjoyed your film uh, I thought it was An existential question About the future Of our country Uh what what Latin American authors have you been reading recently? And they would say Mario Vargas Leosa, of course.
2: No, but she, doesn't she always, like, nail it? No, she doesn't nail it. Don't they always say, that's <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> we,
0: we got a couple of those. All right, we got to get out. Yeah. I want to thank Carrie Murnion and John Mallott, who are no longer in the room. They're on the phone with Hollywood. I, of course, want to thank Vince DiMasselli, who inspired this program today. And I, of course, am Gersh Kuntzman. How did I inspire this program? Because you said, let's go see that movie Bushwick, and one thing led to another. I said, why don't we get Carrie and John on the phone? Now, are we going on vacation, Gersh? We're going on vacation. This is my last show ever, actually. Uh Uh-huh. I know I've said that before, but this is really my last show. This is it. I am retiring.
2: But you'll be back from vacation when?
0: I'll be back from vacation after Labor Day. I hope you'll listen to me live on WABC Radio on Labor Day at noon. I'm doing a fill-in for Curtis Sliwa. That's something we should uh, promote here at Brooklyn Paper Radio. I just did. Now, how am I getting
2: in on that
1: action?
0: Phone in, like all of the public. Oh, can. I could call in. <laughs> W-A-B-C I radio. That's that's <laughs> Labor Day Monday. <laughs> you're an idiot, Kuntzman. <laughs> <laughs> you're, a, you're a knucklehead. We have a 12-second delay, don't we? <laughs> all right, we got to go. I want to thank our producer, Jimmy Johnny. And, of course, for Gersh Kuntzman. Jimmy Johnny Joey from Liverpool. Li- you want to say something to our listeners? Just say something. Hello, Mom. Hey, hello, Mom. <laughs> all right, for Vince silly. I'm Gersh Kuntzman of the Failing Daily News. We are out of here. Thanks to Carrie and and Go see Bushwick on August 25th in theaters near you almost we almost nailed
2: it no we almost nailed I'll it okay we'll, do, we're it going. Get that, get that we'll do it live get that music out we'll
4: do it live we'll do it live there it live. is we'll do it live
2: little